It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, what is going on out there in podcast land? Can you believe it? 2024 is less than a week away. 2023 coming to an end. Hopefully during this holiday season you've had a good one, you're enjoying it, and you're looking forward to a successful and healthy 2024. One of the couple of things I want to go over today is couple conversations I've had with some clients here recently that are, one actually isn't a client, that are small business owners. The other thing is talking about the different purposes of money and the use of money. Had a couple situations I thought were pretty interesting I want to share with everyone. And then also, what did 23 give us and what can we look forward to in 2024? So, but before I do that, let's make sure we deal with a disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30-minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation? So again, very low-key. Go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay, so talking with a couple small business owners, uh, had the business for quite a while, 15 plus years. And the question is, you know, I feel like I have been reinvesting too much back into my business. I haven't been saving enough for retirement. What's the best way to either readdress that or change things? How much should I have in retirement? Those type of questions came about. And, and my immediate response was, well, listen, if you're saying that you, you think you're reinvesting too much back into your business, do you have any type of outside investment accounts set up, either like a solo 401k, depending on the size of the business, or a 401k or a SEP or something like that? And the answer was, yeah, we, we, we do have a SEP. Um, but quite frankly, I'm not funding that during the year. I talked to my accountant in March, and after he's seen our books for the, the year prior, is he tells us what we can put in. And so then that's just a lump sum. And then in some cases, that can end up being a cash crunch, meaning all of a sudden now in March or April, I got to come up with this big chunk of money that I'm eligible for to put into the set. But the reality is it takes cash. And the other question is, okay, if you're, so that obviously can create a problem with having that big opportunity to put the cash in. But if you don't have it, obviously you can't put it in. And then, okay, if you're reinvesting too much into the business, what does that reinvestment into the business look like? 
are we reinvesting that money that for things that are going to help grow the business, grow the profits, be more efficient? Or is it just where we're reinvesting? We're, let's say we're buying inventory just so we can go ahead and have that off of our P&L for the end of the year, which can be a tax savings. But again, if the only thing we have in our, quote, retirement or other asset accounts is where we're going to have a cash crunch in three or four months, maybe that's not the best approach. The other thing I was talking with them about is you've had this business for 15, 16, 17 years. You've been reinvesting in it. If you think that you have too much reinvested in it, what is the exit strategy of the business? Do you have key employees that are going to take it over? Is a family member going to take it over? Are you planning on selling it? Does it have value? Because in that case, we do have clients that have reinvested into their business uh, significant amounts of their uh, of the monies and or the profits of the company with an exit strategy in mind. So they, they have a good idea and they're constantly reevaluating that on an annual basis to make sure that they're on track. In this case, there was no exit strategy. We don't know. Eh, maybe there's some employees that can take it over. I don't, don't have anyone in the family that wants it. So maybe that's why they're thinking I'm reinvesting too much into the business instead of really taking a, an approach to have other assets outside of my business. I remember we, we have a, a client who's been a very successful business owner, came on board about 10, 11 years ago. And I remember him saying he speaks to so many business owners where the only asset they have is their business. And he didn't want to be in that same boat. So he does reinvest into his business, but he also has assets on the outside, retirement accounts, brokerage accounts, real estate, what have you. So I was helping this couple know, listen, this is what I do for a couple of reasons. Um, One of is to have assets on the outside of our business. The other thing is to make sure that I am doing it, Maggie and I are doing it systematically throughout the year so we're not in a situation to have a real big cash crunch, like in this case with a SEP. And for those of you who don't know, a SEP is just a qualified plan that a, a self-employed person can put together for themselves. But I was explaining to them, you know, first of all, are you running payroll? I noticed in their tax returns, does it look like you're running payroll on an every other week or every week or once a month basis? And the answer was no. I said, well, first of all, I would suggest you doing that. The second thing is in doing that, Look at the, the way you are structured right now. Does a solo 401k or a 401k give you a greater opportunity than the SEP does? Because like what we have here, we have a 401k where every payroll we run, we are maxing out the contributions that we have or we have the opportunity to put into the 401k. Then the company has a match then there is a discretionary profit sharing that we can, that that doesn't get calculated until March or April of the following year. And we can choose if we want to put more monies in. But what I was wanting them to see is even if you start out small, is getting on a consistent habit of running payroll. So you're also, you're taking care of your portion of the payroll taxes, the company's portion of the payroll taxes. So you're not stuck with that bill at the end of the year. You're also, you have those contributions that are going in and you have the match. It creates that habit where 
Now, granted, as I explained to them, this takes some administration. You're going to have to manage cash flow. You're going to have to understand what your business looks like. Some business have big ebbs and flows on revenue and expenses. So this is something you want to be aware of. What I showed them that what we do, so we also, you've heard me talk, we have an HSA plan. We fund that once a quarter. I don't do it monthly just for certain reasons. I just, you know, there's, you can't put as much into the HSA, but we put that money in on a quarterly basis. Then we also have a traditional brokerage account that we're putting money into once a month, right? And after they were able to see that, and I said, listen, in doing that as a small business owner, who's doing your payroll? Is it the bookkeeper? In this case, it was. I said, so you're giving them that information, and then they're just putting it into your QuickBooks, right? Yes, that's that's what's happening. I go, the nice thing is I actually pay or we pay for a payroll service. They take care of all the taxes, payroll taxes, local taxes, state, federal. I said, but the other thing is, is they have calculators in there that can help us see and make sure that, first of all, we don't go over the 401k contribution limits. That can create a problem. Also, in understanding how the payroll works and what we're going to, what we're going to look at at the end of the year. So next next month, we'll sit down and we're going to project out, okay, this is where we want our payroll to be. This is how we're going to make the contributions. And then that puts us in a habit of automatically putting those extra monies aside outside of the business in and of itself. Do we reinvest in the business? Absolutely. But you know, one thing I learned, I learned this a long time ago in uh, speaking with people that had been in business for a long time was getting into the habit, even in starting small, it's very important long-term because then that money, because you, it's kind of like, think about if you're an employee and you have a 401k opportunity is that money is, you know, sight unseen. You don't even know what's happening, but you have to start. I was talking with another couple and they were like, the, the, one of the children are working at a company that has a 401k with a 5% match and they weren't putting any money into the 401k. And I said, well, have them start with $15 every other pay. They're not going to get to the 5%, but at least they can get that movement where they're, or that habit where they're starting to reinvest. So the other thing I would say for small business owners is, is that if you are reinvesting the money, so one of the things I mentioned earlier, how much, how much is too much that you're reinvesting in the business? And what are you doing for that? Are you creating efficiencies? Are you creating return on investment, profits, what have you? Then you really want to analyze is, am I going to go in that direction too much without doing these other things? And of course, there's a, there's a good balance usually when you go through the exercise of actually running through the numbers. Look at your last, you know, maybe last the last three or four years don't look good depending on how your your business was affected by COVID, which by the way, can you believe March of 24, that is four years ago. It's hard to believe that. But anyway, so maybe look at the last couple years and see what does that look like? What can I look at for 2024? And put those changes and start that habit, even if it's small, start it now. It's never, it's never too late. Hey everyone, a little interruption, Matt Hausman here. If you would like to speak to me directly, make sure that you know that you can go right to my online calendar, speakwithmatt.com, again, www.speakwithmatt.com. You can either schedule a conference call right there, a Zoom call, or if you'd like to come into the office, feel free to do that. You can also reach us directly at 610-719-3003. All right, everyone, back to the show. 
Listen, the other thing I want to talk about was having some conversation with multiple clients in the fourth quarter and reviewing the opportunities, if there were opportunities for Roth conversions, is in speaking with one couple, the uh, long story short is that they could they could do a conversion. It was like thirty, forty thousand dollars, and it wasn't going to cost them. Don't get me wrong; it's going to cost them tax dollars. But because they had already had too much withheld in taxes from various income sources, they were going to be able to do thirty to forty thousand dollars, and it not cost them a penny, dollar for dollar over. And so I, I had emailed them, and and then we got on the phone and we started talking and. Then, as I was asking more questions, I found out that, well, because I guess their question was, should we be converting now? And I was like, well, I, I mean, I don't think it's a bad time to convert considering other if you don't do the conversion, you're just waiting to file your tax return to get a refund, right? So you're s- still extending the government a free loan, where in this case, at least you can convert money from traditional IRA to Roth. But in further discussion with them and asking more questions, found out, well, the reality is we might need this $30,000 for a real estate purchase where now we're getting more serious and that could happen in the next 90 to 365 days. Maybe sometime in 24, they make that purchase. And my comment was right then, okay, forget the conversion. You're going to take the $30,000 as a distribution because you can take $30,000 out or 40, whatever you want. It's not going to make a hill of beans in terms of owing more taxes on your tax return, again, because of those over withholding from various income sources. And now you're going to go put that money in cash. You're going to stick it there. You're not going to do anything with it because the purpose of that money is for the potential purpose of a real estate property. They already have other rentals. They're thinking that they want to, you know, maybe buy a couple more, what have you. So again, the purpose of money, all of our money doesn't have the same purpose, so we don't invest it all of the same way. And these are the things that you have to be looking at. So in that conversation with them, that was the direction that we went. We took the distribution, it's going to sit in cash, and then at some future time, in the event they never get to get around or they decide, hey, listen, we don't want to do that, well, then you can look to reinvest it. We can't put it into a Roth, you know, but we can put it into a traditional account. But again, understanding all of your money doesn't have the same purpose, so we look to invest it the same way. I think it's really important that you ask yourselves those questions as to what, what do I want to do with this money? You know, the reality is, and I think so many times, especially when, the, you know, right now at the end of 23, it's kind of looking like the end of 21 when you look at the market. But the reality is that we had, for the most part, all of 22 and many times during 23 this last year, the market didn't look like it was going to come back. You know, right now, again, we're looking basically like we were at the end of 21 with two years in between. The market, the, the stock market is not there just to print money every day of the week. It just doesn't happen. So, again, you have to analyze what am I going to use this money for and make sure I'm positioning it in the right way. The other thing I wanted to uh, talk with you about with kind of regards to that. It's had another couple that inherited some money. And in inheriting the money, they said that we we want to have some of this money go to our kids right now. And interestingly enough, in speaking with the husband and wife, there was a differing of opinions 
on, first of all, how much to give and then what they could do with it. And in talking with them, is I found out that they or what their concern was is they didn't feel like their kids collectively were really up to date with understanding personal finance. And I have to tell you, if I hear that once a year, I hear it a hundred times a year. I've done podcasts on it and videos on it. It's the reality is even with kids that come out, as you as I've told you, my son comes out with a master's degree in accounting, there still was no personal finance course, right? So they, we, it's our responsibility to teach them and to understand the aspects of cash flow management, of debt, of investing. This is what I suggested to them. Is decide, First of all, you both have to come to a decision on how much you're going to give them. Second of all is I would recommend that you look to have those, um, that money, however much it is, is you want to have at least four things categorized or for the uses of that money. First of all, if they don't understand cash flow management, you need to teach them with that. However, you're going to figure that out. And the reality is cash flow is cash flow coming in, expenses going out, which takes me to the next thing. The first thing I remember teaching our kids before we taught them about investing is understanding debt management. Great place to start is a credit card. And that's what I talked to them about. They need to all have their own credit card and their own in their own name under their own social. They start building their own credit, right? Understand, help them understand the float period, not paying any interest. Go down the point game. You guys have heard me talk about that. Help them understand that there is, um, you know, if they pay the money off, it's basically free money if there's points or cash back or what have you, right? Then you can teach them about investing, taking a small portion on a consistent basis and investing the money. And then the last thing would be, okay, now they can do whatever they want to do. Take a portion of that money. Hey, listen, let's go enjoy it. You know, go on a vacation, buy something, who knows. But now whatever amount that money is has helped them understand the different aspects of personal finance, how to segment it uh, into the different, you know, debt, cash flow obligation, investments, and having a good time. So the last thing I wanted to go over is, as I mentioned earlier, we are coming to the end of 23. What is 2024 going to give us? Well, consider the following. I read, I think it was yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, inflation is coming down worldwide and should continue through 2024. Usually that is an indicator, and the Fed has already said this, that rates are going to start coming down. They've indicated we're looking at at least three rate cuts, maybe as early as the spring in 2024. What's the market going to do in 24? Well, you know, right now, as I mentioned, we're looking like the end of 21. And I never want to predict what the market's going to do. But one of the things to consider that I always preach is, if you're still in that accumulation phase, keep investing. And my investment philosophy is, don't try and time the market, stay broadly diversified, and stay consistent. Whether you're still working or you're retired. The reality is look at having different buckets of risk. Again, what did I say earlier? All your money doesn't have the same purpose, so we don't invest it all the same way. Emergency funds, long-term growth, balanced growth, protected money, what have you. And the last thing, make sure you are looking to become tax diversified. That's where we have money in the, the pre-tax bucket. We have money in the after-tax bucket. And then we have money in the tax-free bucket or the Roth account. That way, when it comes time to start spending that money that we have 
been saving and investing for a long, long time, we can take advantage of the tax code. So listen, everyone, that's all I've got for today. Again, Happy New Year. Let's look forward to a healthy and prosperous 2024. If you have a question or scenario that you would like for me to address, reach out to us at www.smartmoneyquestions.com. There's a place right there. Ask Matt a question. Feel free to do that. If you would like to speak to me on a personal basis, maybe something is more personal. You don't want it out there in podcast land. Reach out to me, speakwithmat.com. That's my online calendar. Schedule a call, a meeting, or a Zoom meeting. So listen, everyone. Take care. We'll talk soon.